Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. Okay, well, thank you very much. I've taken a little bit of a hiatus on the uh, on the podcasting because, uh, you know, just thinking about things and how I wanted it to progress. Um, I appreciate tremendously all of the ongoing support. And uh, we're switching the format a little bit. There will still be some interviews, um, but I'm also transitioning to providing some of my own content. So what you should hear for the next couple of podcast episodes would be more personal stuff, uh, a little bit more teaching, and hopefully different ways I can deliver value to you. As always, I really value your input and if possible, I would appreciate if you would reach out on any of the social channels uh, or just email me, rabbirupp at gmail.com or jrupp at h.edu uh, and provide some suggestions for me of how I could better serve. And one of the things that I'm hoping you will see at this point is that we are extremely focused on living a better life. And one of the most important components of that is getting the direction and the one-on-one -on -one work that you need in order to live better. So I am a strong proponent of coaching. I do a lot of coaching myself, and I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, to please do what many other people have done. Reach out. Let's have a conversation. There's no obligation to you whatsoever uh, to see if we might be a good fit to work together. And if that might not be the case, I would be thrilled to introduce you to any of the multitude of options and networks and people that I know who could provide that help. So again, please reach out via social channels, whatever it might be. I don't think I'm too hard to find. Certainly not, I hope. And, uh, and, and let me know how I could be of benefit to you. Thank you so much. So the myth of self-confidence or developing self-confidence is a fascinating topic because we run into a certain challenge often that we, we want this thing that's fairly elusive called self-confidence. What does it look like? What does it mean? Now, with most things, to be totally candid, until we start to speak about it, think about it, get some definitions, working definitions around it, uh, it's very hard for us in a lot of ways to know sort of what we're looking for. So a person might say, I, I don't feel terribly self-confident. Well, how does that show up for you? What does it mean? What does it look like? What are you looking to achieve? So it's, it's absolutely crucial whenever we begin a journey towards something that we want to achieve, that we get very clear on what that looks like. Uh, sometimes when we say, I don't have self-confidence, what that means is that I don't have uh, validation from others and therefore it's changing how I feel about myself. What's fascinating about that is that not, might not be self-confidence. That might be one's desire for ex external validation for the work that we do, of course, which comes down to a question of why or how or what do we need for that. So there's a colloquial understanding that we might have that we say, I want self-confidence. I want to feel uh, uh, maybe, maybe confident about myself. And then if we kind of dive into that, where does that come from? A lot of times it comes from the fact that my externals are not looking the way that I want them to look. And well, that's very important. But at, at, a, at a very fundamental level, you have to begin by asking yourself, where is that coming from? So if a person wants, and this is kind of how this whole thing begins, is a person deep down inside themselves, they don't feel great. And then they try immediately to rectify the external things around them in order to try to fix the thing going on inside. 
That's very interesting. Now, why do we do that? Well, it's always easy or it's seemingly much more simple to effectively sort of diagnose why things are happening to you the way that they are. Now, the easiest way to do that, and the least effective way to do that, is to blame other people or blame circumstances for it. So, for example, uh, you know, nobody likes me because everybody's a jerk. And it's like, okay, maybe, right? Or uh, I'm fat because X, Y, and Z. And it's like, okay, maybe, right? And as soon as you start to label other kinds of things, outside of your country, you know, and just sort of say like, I'm experiencing something because of what's going on outside. The problem with that is that right away, A, again, why do we do it? Everyone, that's the easiest way to go, right? The, The marriage isn't working because of the other person, right? The kids are something because of the other person. We always right away jump to that. Why is it? Because it makes us comfortable, because it sort of uh, answered our question, so to speak, of why is my life not where I want it to be? But on the flip side, the challenge is that, so even though it's given us that that uh, that dopamine hit of solving our problem, it's also completely unempowered us in any way. And it bounces us into a, a fundamental victim mentality that kind of infuses our entire life. And that's an absolutely fascinating idea because on one end, and end, you think to yourself, why would anybody want to be a victim? Why would anyone want to sit back, so to speak, and, and sort of not be able to just sort of like let stuff happen? And this happens across, across the board, fascinatingly enough. It happens to people that are in a lot of ways, you know, all the other ways, very like, quote unquote, high powered individuals. And, and you have to develop the ear to hear this because it helps you hear it in yourself. And it also, it, it comes across because no one's ever going to just raise their hand and say, I'm a victim, right? Usually the most powerful people, the most influential people, they themselves have this crazy victim mentality. And it's fascinating. I've seen people who are, for all intents and purposes, deeply spiritually connected, right? Who say things like, you know, God does this, you know, it is it is the way that God wants. And you're like, that's fantastic. Very good, right? You know, the, the problems in my life because God wants me to have these problems. It's like, okay, that's fine. I have this thing where oftentimes when I'm speaking to somebody, I'll ask them, you know, it's like we all have this God complex, so to speak, where we think we sort of know what God wants. Again, and, and, and then we, we, we're, we're very happy in a lot of ways because we say to ourselves, well, it's the religious way to do things. You know, it's, it's having imuna, it's having faith, right? That, that this is, and it's like, okay, possibly. On the flip side, it could be this deeply um, self, again, and, and this is like such a deeply fundamental concept, right? That oftentimes the way that we view our spirituality is a reflection a lot less of, of the spirituality and a lot more of ourselves, right? So one of these concepts that we that we have that we have to think about is that as a person begins a spiritual journey, or if a person begins to try to grow their spirituality, the first and most important thing, again, you think to yourself, like, you know, so much of Jewish text, for example, is speaking about spirituality, speaking about developing a relationship with God. And oftentimes we think to ourselves, well, it's deeply, or perhaps we'll ask ourselves, or maybe I'll just say when it comes out, it's like, you, a, a, a bunch of books, a bunch of rabbis, a bunch of approaches might not appreciate what's going on in my inner world. Why should I read this book when in reality I have my own approach? I had that most specifically. I never really had that with, with my spiritual connection to Judaism, although no, that's not, that's not true. But I had this experience when I was younger 
um, we'll get much younger, right? And we were about to get married and I started reading all of these marriage books. And what I realized in all of the marriage books, and again, I was young and I didn't appreciate this, but I was like, oh, you know, these marriage books are giving great advice, but they don't know me. They don't know my wife. They don't know the circumstance. They don't know the situation. And so it's like, okay, it's good advice, but like how, why should I, so to speak, trust or listen to someone who is kind of outside of, outside of, outside of me, right? What I find out later is that often, Sometimes all of the challenges come because I don't have this self-awareness, so to speak, that I'm not really sure like what's going on inside of me. So therefore, I feel like the books outside of myself are kind of irrelevant. So what's fascinating is also on a spiritual level, people have a tendency to, to themselves think like, okay, this is what spirituality is. This is what it's supposed to look like. And the reality is it in a lot of ways reflects a lot more on their limiting beliefs, on their limiting views of self than anything actually spiritual. A lot of times it's like if you keep have tru having trouble, uh, you know, you think I'm very pious because, you know, God, I'm accepting what God wants with love. And it's also very possible that that the messaging that you're supposed to see is you don't necessarily need this in your life. And if and 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 the, and the backlash, again, this is like a very uh, a, a deep idea that we have to be very cognizant of, that oftentimes what happens to us is this backlash that we're getting, this negativity that we're having in our life, it's not necessarily that God wants us to have this, but if we are able to be effectively um, understanding the message in our life, it could be that the idea is that the pain we're experiencing should be evidence that we should be changing things that we're doing. That's a really fascinating concept. So you say to yourself, I'm working on my spirituality by accepting everything that happens to me. And that's a great thing. Like acceptance is a really great thing because it, well, it's better than not accepting it because it is what it is, right? But the flip side, you think to yourself, so this is what God wants. It's like maybe, but that's also a deeply victim mentality because maybe God wants something better than you could see for yourself. So maybe God doesn't want you to be suffer, suffering or stressed out or not having the relationships you want, but you have to say to yourself, I just, this is, and now I'm going to try to get better than that. So I want to bounce back to the very beginning to sort of connect the bouncing balls for those that aren't paying attention, right? So, or maybe myself, because I, because I, I run in a lot of different directions, but the most important thing fundamentally is that we have something that's not going well inside of us. We look outside very often for why that ha that happens or what it is. It's very easy to say that what's not going right in our life is the fault of something or someone or some force outside of us, right? Now, what that right away does, it makes us very calm because we've acknowledged that something isn't working. We've given a reason why it's not working. And even better, it requires nothing of us to change. It just is life is terrible. Now, people who are not very careful will then oftentimes assign this problem in your life to God. God gave me difficult people to be around. God gave me a spouse that doesn't care about me. God gave me children that don't listen to me. God gave me a body that is just naturally fat or whatever it might be. God gave me the inability to make money, right? And then again, that, that's when we look at it. That's But but the point is that that's a deeply victim mentality. Long-term, you want to project how those viewpoints are going to go for you over time. Simple. What it's going to do is, first of all, it's going to make you more or less a victim your whole life, right? More or less, you're going to always be looking and blaming all the other stuff around for why your life isn't the way you want. Second of all, it's going to essentially make you, after a while, and you think about it, it's going to make you very bitter about God because you think to yourself, why would God give me such a difficult life, right? And oftentimes, again, we go back, and, and then this is even crazier, right? There's a um, the, the the social study behind um, the the recent uh, the recent Netflix movie Afterlife. It's really fascinating. It's this fascinating look at 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 life and suffering and all these kinds of things. But but 
more once you start to say, okay, well, I'm a spiritual person, so I'm accepting all this negative stuff in my life, right? Oftentimes what happens is that it will start to build up. You'll start to judge yourself and say, well, if I'm such a spiritual person, but I'm feeling so much negativity in my life and it's very, very frustrating for me. So then it's like, well, you know, then I feel bad on top of the fact that I'm upset and on top of, and it just builds, builds, builds. And then you wind up in the therapist office or you snap and you go in some kind of crazy direction or act out in a crazy way. And it's like, well, how, how is this not supposed to have happened? because you've set yourself up for a lack of failure. I'm sorry, for a, for failure. So then let's go the other direction, right? A person, it's always easy to, so to speak, to diagnose what's not going on right outside in your life. It's very easy to do that. But then the next thing to do is to try to switch is to say, but, but there's something that I'm inputting in the system that's making that difficult. Or even more important, there's something I can do or the essential thing that can be done is that I can change this environment or I can change the situation or I have some ability to impact the outcome. And then, and, and this is the fundamental idea, of course, which, which, is, which is completely like logical, but it's very hard for us to accept because if we accept that we were, so to speak, a part of this process, that we were part of what was going on, so as a result of that, right, then we can say, well, it's in a way my fault, and then it's my fault, and then you're really upset because we don't like to be we don't like to be held at fault. On the flip side, if you're able to tell yourself it's my fault, it becomes incumbent upon you that you have the ability to change your circumstance, and that's of course very fundamental and very important. So let's go back to the very beginning, right? So if a person wants a person wants to develop self confidence, right, it has to start with a person being able to start with the self, right? So now this is an absolutely fundamental shift. And this goes back to the very first thing that we brought up, which is we have to get clear what are we talking about? Is it just I don't feel good? I don't feel confident? And this element of the self, what does that mean? So of course we would know that the self always, always, always has to begin, it has to start at home, right? So if you don't feel good, rather than right away jumping out to what might not be working in your life, Go inside of yourself and say, what might not be working in, in me, right? And so if a person is able to say to themselves, I am struggling, I'm not feeling good, you can ask yourself fundamental questions instead of jumping out and saying, what do I right away go out and fix? I cannot tell you. This is, this is a fundamental principle that is so crucial, right? Every time I speak to someone or even with myself or especially with myself, when I, when I say, you know, I, I identify a challenge, I identify a problem, right? So the, the natural response is always, what do, how do I fix this? How do I fix this? How do I go about doing it? What books can you recommend? Podcasting used to do, how, you know, give me the, the, the five step strategy to stopping all of my problems. And I always jump back and say, the how, the how do I fix is the information itself completely irrelevant and usually answers itself, right? Why is it completely irrelevant? How does it answer itself? Because at the end of the day, how to get to where you want is pretty simple. It's the what and the who that are the challenge, right? So I'll give a, a practical example, right? If you have a good how, you know, how to do this, but you don't have a what you're trying to do, so then it can't, it, it immediately doesn't work because if I'm not clear on where I'm trying to get to, the information of how to get there is, is irrelevant. I don't even know where I'm going, right? How, you know, to, it's like, it's like a bunch of directions, but it doesn't, but it doesn't tell you like what you're trying to, where, what you're trying to do or where you're trying to go, right? So if I just know how to get to somewhere, but I don't have a vision of what it looks like, so I'm not going to go there. It's not a compelling vision. It's not going to like make me want to do anything, right? So you have to start from a perspective of even for first start with what? What do I want, right? So you say to yourself, I, you know, how do I get more self confidence? It's like, no. What does that look like? You know, like what would what would it look like? How you know 
what what is self-confidence? What is a person who's self-confidence? And, and even before you get to that, you have to get to the who, right? Who is a person who is self-confident? So, so often, again, you know, we, we see overwhelmingly, you know, all these like awesome business stories, you know, a good business plan is, is is you know, hopefully to say it's fairly easy to draft a good business plan, right? Uh, make more money than you are spent, uh, than you than make more money than, than than you're spending, and and you know make a product that people want and have some level of scale. Great, that's fa- that's fairly simple, right? But more than that, or more fundamental, more important than that is. What what is the goal that we're trying to build? And even more important than that is who is trying to build it. So you'll see very often, you know, the um, we live nowadays in 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 the in the world of the of the cult of the entrepreneur, right? Where you'll see that there are these these serial entrepreneurs or uh, the Steve Jobs, the Elon Musk's of the world, uh, the the Gary Vaynerchuk, the you know people who once they go that it's so much more of a betting. Um, Jeffrey Katzenberg is building this this new online platform, and he's got like. Um, the I forgot her name Meg Meg um, Whitman from from HP is like is is co- you know working with him and he's got all of the Hollywood like heavyweights and they're building something that's like completely untested and they're raising millions and millions of dollars and the question is like why are they raising so much money it's so much more the who you have a very talented entrepreneur you have a very talented operator who have been tested over and over again for many for many years right and so it's like we're putting the money not necessarily on the what is being built or how it's being built but we're putting it on the who because this person is proven. And this is an absolutely fundamental, crucial, 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 crucial part of developing self, self-confidence, right? And, and, and again, because why? Where do you have to start? Who? Not how, not what, but who, which is the self. What am I, like, who am I? What does that look like? What's going on in my life? So becoming deeply aware of who you are and what you want to accomplish in your life, right? And asking these kinds of questions, who do I need to become in order for me to become more self-confident? So that's very simple. One of the things, like one basic principle is who, who is someone, like again, you ask yourself, you know, I need to be someone that is undeterred by failure because who, you know, if, if I'm going to become confident, if I'm going to become uh, good at something, I'm going to obviously have to fail over and over and over again until I get there. There's no such thing. We've never seen such a thing as as perfection out of the gate. So I need to become a person that's, that's comfortable with failure more than anything else. I also have to be a person that can generate my own sense of value, generate my own sense of growth, as opposed to looking on the outside for it, right? So that's also a completely fundamental concept that we need. So once I start to go back to that, it, it's so much less. It's like almost, it's almost like 25 steps down the road looking at how other people are viewing me, other people are thinking about things, all of that kind of stuff, right? Because from a fundamental perspective, right, I have to start with me. And so as a person is able to develop that concept of who do I have to be in order to be someone that has confidence, it becomes very simple for us to to isolate and to develop parts of ourselves that we that we didn't have. I need to be someone that is calm. I need to be someone that is relaxed. I can't be running at a very high, uh, high, high octane naturally because I want to res- have strength within me to handle more difficult kinds of concepts. So for me, I specifically don't like to busy myself with tasks that are not very much in line with what I care about, right? And with what my value is. I'm not looking to fill my calendar, so to speak, with stuff that is irrelevant because I know that if I'm always busy, 
right? And, and, and again, I wish I could say that this was like something that was obvious to me, but like it took me years to cultivate this, right? Um, and, and even more, you know, not in, in a previous in a previous time when I was in back in San Diego. So like there were times where there was like a deep lull in, in my business and the work that I was doing, and I would just try to run around and make myself busy, right? And, and, and again, it comes deep down from the from the nonprofit culture that I come from, where it's not necessarily that you 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 put your value on how much money we're making or making another call, but it's like you know I, I I'm kind of comfortable. I'm doing you know, sort of the work that I need to do, and and like you know I need to make myself look busy. I, you see this not only from my perspective, but people also that work in a company, and like you know there I, I literally had this conversation. It's like um, the 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 principle of the company says you know I need my key employee to step away and be able to handle higher level stuff. You know don't get worked up in the day to day, and this is actually a huge vote of confidence because the company's running so well because of the COO that's doing such a great job that they want then the COO to walk away. But it's very hard for you to walk away if you have a good functioning company because if things keep going well and you walk away, it's like it's like well, what, you know what were you doing here in the first place? So because people have a tendency to try to fill up their schedule and look super busy, that what what ends up happening is they feel busy, but they always get really exhausted and they really feel like worked through and kind of burnt out, which is problematic. So that you can't really expand your energy. So literally one of the practices that I would do was that back back in back in the day is I would literally just go to the beach. I would so overcorrect that I would sit there and do nothing, right? If I didn't have something that was deeply like productive and in line with what I was doing because I wanted to allow myself to give myself permission to calm down. And I realized that if I want to be someone who looks the way that I want to look and 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 operates the way that I want to operate, I need to be someone that's relaxed. And so I went again, going back to that who. So I started to construct myself in a way that I could begin to achieve the things that I wanted to achieve. And so for me personally, one of those things was learning how to calm down, learning how to chill out, um, learning how not to have these unreasonable expectations. Things just kind of are. So that's that's me. But that was one of the most fundamental things. And again, this was this is this is these were ideas that cultivated in all kinds of other practices of mine. You know, you see in yoga, it's like just calming down, learning how to breathe. In jiu-jitsu, it's this idea that you're able to create space from your opponent so that you have the freedom and ability to operate. So these are all components that allow us the ability to sit back, to relax, and to start to cultivate the who that we need to become in order, again, going back to self-confidence itself, like what, like for you personally, what does it look like for you to be confident? So for me, it's like, I don't need to look around on the outside for validation. For me, it's that I can cultivate all the joy I need inside of my own life right away. I don't need other people, right? For me, it's, I want to have ultimate control over the, over the business that I have, over the impact that I have, over the work that I do. I need to maintain creative control. That's all what I need to be confident. And the fascinating thing is those all reflect and again, I'm saying this not because I'm trying to, you know, impress you, but just to tell you, like, I'm no different than anybody else. They, all of these things deeply impact that, that, that I want to be the one that can figure it out. And I feel like I'm the one that can figure it out. I don't need someone on the outside to tell me what to do because it's all within me. That for me is the definition of confidence. So the more that you can build yourself into the person that can solve your own problems, the more empowered you are, the more self-confident you are. And then on the outside, if you see that there's 
you know, a, a dissonance between what you want and where you're going and things other people in your life or the other factors in your life, guess who can solve it? You, right? Because you have that confidence and you don't need someone else. So to speak. it's very hard because we're all so drawn to appreciating the external uh, reward and perspective and all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, that's not self-confidence. That's externality. That's external confidence. And and we all know that all of that stuff, all of this stuff that, that comes on the outside, it's never going to make you feel a certain way for a, a long term period of time unless you're able to cultivate on the inside. On the flip side, once you cultivate on the inside, then that follows you. That's why the Jewish saying says, a person that pursues honor, honor runs from him. But a person that runs from honor, honor will, will chase him, right? So what are you doing if you're not running after honor? You should be looking at yourself. You're making yourself better. And naturally, you'll find the opportunity will follow you and, and, and you will be a person that doesn't need it, but it will be in abundance, you know, and that's that's a fascinating concept. So again, the secret, the myth of self-confidence is self. Go go inside. Ask yourself who you are, not what you want and how to get there, but who you are and how, you know, and and and, and who you need to be in order to have that clarity. Thank you very much. There you have it, folks, another inspiring episode. If you enjoyed this, I ask you to please share this with your friends and to like us over on Rabbi Rupp through Facebook or on YouTube. And the more that we're able to get these important messages out, the more that we can really make an impact in the world. So I encourage you, please, to stay tuned. Uh, We have a ton of amazing speakers coming up and also to tell your friends about it. Thank you very much.